Good day, everyone. This is Points of Interest in the World of Employment on localjobnetwork.com radio. Today we will be discussing generational communication in the workplace. I'm Lynn Molitor from the Local Job Network. This is the first time in American history that we have had four different generations working side by side in the workplace. Research indicates that people communicate based on their generational backgrounds, so learning how to communicate with the different generations can eliminate misunderstandings in the workplace. Marla Har is a consultant and trainer for Business Etiquette International. Her organization actually teaches generational communication classes, so I invited Marla to share with us some advice on this topic. Marla joins us from Phoenix, Arizona today. Welcome, Marla. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization. Well, Lynn, I was uh, born and raised in Ohio and uh, found my way across the country via Los Angeles into Phoenix. So I've been here for um, six years now. And I started my business, uh, my consulting and training business, uh, four and a half years ago uh, because of my love for training and development. And I've been in the business and corporate world for about 35 years. So I like to share my experiences and uh, really to help corporations, individuals, And I do have the opportunity to teach at two universities, so I love working with the students, getting them ready to enter the workforce. Well, we're interested to hear what you have to share with us today. So let's let's jump right into it. So there's four different generations working together in today's workplace. Can you tell us the name of each generation and their common characteristics? Well, first of all, the studies vary in terms of the names and the dates. So the studies that I use, uh, the four names are mature or silent, and that's people that were born between 1925 and 1945. Okay. Then you have the baby boomers uh, born between 1946 and 1964. And now some studies are breaking the boomers into two groups, the Woodstockers, which I love, the 46 to 53, and then the young boomers from 1954 to 64, Gen X. That's uh, 65 to 79. And then your uh, Gen Y or millennials, um, 1980 to 1999 and forward. So uh, those are the normal names that I use. Okay. I think it's pretty consistent. Uh, Some of the characteristics, uh, there's so much information out there. So um, I'll be kind of brief on this. With uh, the mature, the silent generation, they're really known for their conservative values and hardworking nature and for building the infrastructure of modern American business today. And they're very loyal. Your uh, baby boomers are known for their intense work ethic and drive to get ahead. Uh, invented the 60-hour work week that extends into weekends. Oh. <laughs> I, I know. You, got, you wondered, where did that come from? Okay, the boomers gave it to us. <laughs> and they have the mantra, whatever it takes, go in the extra mile. That's, uh, that's how I was raised. <laughs> I know. And then Gen X, uh, they're noted as being the first latchkey kids, independent, uh, intended uh, to mature early, and... The reason they're called latchkey is because of the high divorce rate, and oftentimes they came from 
either a divorced household or both parents working, so they were on their own. And they view uh, work as a thing you have to do in life, and it's not their life. And they really don't have much expectation for job security. And then you have your millennials, and they are uh, the product of self-esteem. So, and they also possess a high level of self-confidence and optimism. And there's many other characteristics, but I think those are just a few that give you an idea of what they're like. The other thing with um, the Gen uh, Y is their childhood structure was maintained by parents who micromanage their extracurricular activities. So uh, that happened more so in that generation than the previous generations. Those are definitely noticeable differences between the four groups. Yeah, it's really interesting. And there's, as I said, there's a lot of information out there. And um, I'm kind of giving you a recap. Yeah, no, this is perfect. Thank you. So we're talking about communication. So what's the unique communication style of each of these groups? Your mature group, they're used to the one-on-one communication They like something to be explained uh, directly and very clear goals and objectives. And one thing you would not want to do is overload them with any kind of technology or expect them to communicate with a lot of technology. Your baby boomers, they're really, you've got to take an interest in them as a person. And you want to be real specific on their job tasks and how it's affecting the goals and the progress of the company, well as... It's almost like what's in it for them. Oh, okay. And then your Gen X, because they're latchkey and they're pretty independent, they don't like to be micromanaged, but they like the one-on-one time with their boss. So in terms of communication, uh, a supervisor would do best to always take time to sit with them one-on-one, talk about where they are at, what they need to work on. Uh, The other thing about them that's interesting is they don't enjoy spending a lot of time talking about issues and having needless meetings to decide (laughs) what to do, okay? So (laughs) if you're a supervisor out there and you're having a lot of meetings and you've got uh, a staff that's a lot of Gen Xers, reconsider the number of meetings you're having. And then your Gen Ys, they really do expect management to help them understand what their job is what the tasks require. Because remember, they're coming from a real nurturing and protective home environment uh, that their parents provided for them. And they're very comfortable, though, with clear policies and frequent performance evaluations. Uh, They love to learn. It's been said that they are the most educated group ever in history, which kind of makes sense if you think back on it, if you go back a couple decades. So they want to be nurtured, they want to be trained, and they are also kind of independent once they get into whatever task you've been asked, they've been asked to do. Yeah, this is interesting because, you know, as you're talking, you know, I'm like going back in my mind, you know, my past experiences, manager versus team members, and you can definitely, knowing these things, I can definitely see certain situations, how they kind of have worked themselves out. And it's partly because of each of these groups' different backgrounds. And we, unfortunately, we don't have time to go into it today, but the major events that happened in society while they were in that first 10 to 12 years of their life really does affect their behavior, their values, and their beliefs. Oh, okay. All of us. Yeah. So 
Moving on, do you have any insight as to why the differences between the generations today seem so much more pronounced than they seem to be between the mature silent group and the baby boomers? Well, my belief is that it's the impact of the different set of economic and social conditions that were happening while we were growing up. And if you think about Gen Xers, known as those latchkey kids, prior to that, the prior two generations, they didn't have such a high divorce rate. And it's said that the parents of Gen Xers came from a period of the highest divorce rates in America and the highest number of dual-income families. And also some studies show that uh, their parents were the most permissive parenting habits in the U.S. So what happens with all of that is that they didn't really develop real strong connections to institutions like churches or schools or corporations or even political parties that the two previous generations were anchored in. Uh, So they really have a different set of values and outlooks. And that kind of, you can see it moving forward with the next generation. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting perspective you put on things. I mean, it totally makes sense, but you don't necessarily always think of it. I mean, all of that really makes sense when you when you put it that way. Right. Let's look at some characteristics. I was doing a little research on my own. Which generation do you say excels in each of these characteristics? So technically proficient. You had already mentioned how the mature group is not technically savvy. Yes, I would say that Gen X and Gen Y obviously are the most technically proficient. Yeah. Uh, all hands down. But, you know, even with your uh, boomers, they're intrigued with it. You know, I'm a boomer. I love technology. And we like to have the gadgets first. So, um, but in a work world, I would say who adapts easiest, it's going to be your Gen X and your Gen Ys. And they they grew up with it. I mean, I'm a baby boomer, too, and I didn't grow up with it. You know, I learned it later. What about loyalty as a characteristic? How do the generations differ when you talk about loyalty? And this would be work loyalty. I think the mature and the boomers are more loyal. You can see where they would, they expected to stay with the organization when they were first hired, or if they did move to another organization, they were there for long terms. When I look at my own career, you know, I was averaging 16, 17 years per company. And that's not quite what's happening with the Gen Ys and the Gen Xers. Uh, The Gen Ys, because they don't really have a real sense of security based on what was happening in the 80s, they're not as loyal. I think, though, when they get to work and they have their job, they're very loyal. But in terms of that long term, I want to retire with this company. It's just not the same as the boomers or the mature. And then with your Gen Ys, it's pretty much the same. I mean, they, and they have such I don't want I don't know if a short attention span is the correct correct term, but you really have to keep them motivated at work, challenging and keeping them going because they're ready to move to the next company if they feel like they're not getting the training or the advancement that they want. So their loyalties are just a a little different. Oh, okay. What about work ethic? Any differences there? Well, I think it's really the same thing. You know, I think that most people, when they get that job, they go in and they want to do a good job and advance and 
feel like they're making a contribution. I just think that it's in terms of ethics or staying with a company, uh, you're, you're mature and your boomers are the ones that probably are more consistent. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's get into the nitty gritty of our discussion. So uh, do you have an example of how each generation would possibly um, interpret a request or a task that is common within the workplace, but they'd interpret it differently between the different groups? You know, Lynn, this is a really a tough question to answer without really going into a lot of details okay. because of the complexity of it. Because first of all, every job is going to be a little bit different. The culture in which the person works is different. I mean, if you take an advertising company versus a conservative bank, you know, the culture is different. So the types of tasks and the way things are structured are different and the tasks themselves. What I've always believed, though, regardless of age or gender, is it's the way the message is delivered. Okay. So it's when you're going to ask someone to do something, it's really important that you do have a, a basic understanding of the different generations, but also it's the way we deliver it and knowing your, your team. So like on a really high level, you're mature uh, because they respect people. They expected to be respected. And they want the importance of their experience to relate to the task. They want to be trusted. So if you're the supervisor and you're going to be giving them a request, you want to honor their history, their experience, and make sure that's part of the dialogue you're having with them. Okay. Okay. And then your boomers, again, they, they need to understand the task or how this is part of the company's goals and objectives, and again, why it's important to them. You know, how do they fit into this, the meaning of the bigger picture? Because a lot of the boomers now are in higher level positions. Oh, that, yeah. Given their age and experience, that would be true. Yeah. You know, and it, it's big difference uh, as you move up the corporate ladder or you move up in any uh, management position. We kind of change our view on things because you have to. Right. Yeah. And then with Gen X, when you assign them a task, you want to make sure that they're comfortable with it, that they have the skills, because this is a generation that loves to be trained, and then let them do it. You know, they don't like to be micromanaged, so as long as you understand and they understand the task and the end result that you're looking for, let them do their thing. Okay. And, you know, keep up with them, as you would with any employee, to make sure they're on target. And then your Y generation, you really want to make sure the task is challenging, and then make sure they understand what's expected and that you're also there as their support system. If they've got questions or they've got concerns, that you're there to really support them because they need that nurturing, that mentoring, and then let them go. I think sometimes there's a perception of the Y generation in the workforce that because they're so technology savvy and they think that they can really multitask, that you let them go. But they really like mentors. They really do want people to teach them and help them get ahead because they want to get ahead very quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, when I tell my college students, you know, the juniors and seniors that are graduating, without experience, they really think they're going to come in at a director level. And they're going to make high salaries. And so you have to kind of work them down saying, well, no, you really have to have that experience behind you. 
Mm-hmm. But when you get them in that workforce, they want to be on an accelerated path. Okay. Does it help to set expectations with this group early on in their, you know, their careers at a company? Uh, I think so. I also think that it's that keeping up so they know where they stand and where they need to grow. But then oh. a company also has to make sure that they've got training programs in place mm-hmm. to, to grow them. If this group would be interested in more feedback, say um, we have our annual performance reviews, maybe that's too long for them to wait. Would that be? Yeah. I mean, if a performance review is once a year, uh, and even with your Gen Xers, that's a long time. I think managers are probably more effective if they sit down, depending on the person's performance, okay? Right. Um, Once a month, once a quarter. I mean, keeping them really up to speed as to how they're being perceived and how their job performance is being evaluated so that they can make the changes or adjustments. Right. Well, it is interesting. At my last employer, we had actually gone to mid-year feedback because 12 months is a long time to go without a formal process. So we actually went to a six-month program. And as the workforce gets younger, that's probably more in line with what um, employees would would like to hear. Oh, exactly. Yeah, see, now, now all of a sudden, some of these change in processes are starting to click for me after the fact. Well, it's a challenge out there for managers today with, um, you know, the really the three generations and how to keep them motivated, involved, and keep them as a really strong, successful team. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, what are some of the ideas that you have for coworkers of different generations, like to just get to know each other better? Um, This is sort of going to sound generic more than specific to a particular group. Uh, I think you really need to start with respecting the individual regardless of age or gender or position. You know, you, you can't be a mature person and think that the younger person coming in isn't as knowledgeable, which of course they're not. And so you really do need to respect that they are coming in with a set of skills that maybe you don't have. And I think the other thing is learn to be a better communicator. I think that, and this is my own personal opinion, uh, our communication skills because of technology when it comes to -to face-to-face and building relationships is starting to lack. So you need to learn how to ask really good questions to learn about the person and learn to listen before you speak, especially in a work environment. And if you have a team that's been trained on the generational differences, then they can try to incorporate some of the different nuances of the generations into the way they communicate. But that takes a little bit of training. Yeah, now that's an interesting idea that you've just introduced to us, this idea about getting trained in generational differences. I don't think a lot of us out here get that kind of training. We haven't even thought about it. That, would I think, is a true statement. And I also, only because from my perspective and when I'm out, learning how to communicate effectively. You know, there are communication classes out there, but a lot of corporations don't have modules where their people really learn effective forms of communication. Right, yeah. Well, and you're, you're seeing it, you know, you're seeing it with the classes that you're presenting to your clients and to your students. Exactly. Every class I I teach, I always start with some effective communication skills, (laughs) just so we get everybody on the page about what it takes to learn to communicate. 
And it, this always brings up some really good discussions, especially if you have the, the opportunity to talk about the generations, because we take in information a little differently. So let's, um, maybe we can just talk about it, just a couple, if you have some examples from your experience. How can um, a baby boomer manager effectively communicate with a Gen Y teammate? Well, I think whether it's a Gen Y or Gen X, we have to get away from the idea that it's one way and only one way. It's sort of like that one way fits all uh, that we had prior to. It doesn't work anymore. Uh, You have to, because of the different generations, you really have to understand your individual and then what motivates them. Because what motivates somebody from Gen X is going to be different than Gen Y. With Gen X and with um, some of the baby boomers, we, as an example would be, we're looking for really more flexible time because we might be dealing with an aging parent. Oh. You know, it's like you really have to kind of do a different mindset than we had 20 years ago. And with your, you know, your Gen Ys, to them, work is just a part of life. It's not like the be all end all. It's something that they do, but they want also flexibility, but they also want their life outside of work. So I just wanted to back up and, you know, for those of us managers out here, you know, where we're kind of like, hey, this is the way we do things. You're going to have to learn our ways. That idea really doesn't work anymore, does it? No, I think the key as a manager, and again, as I said, there's such a challenge out there for managers, is motivating and keeping your talent, you almost have to customize it. Okay, so on top of all your job responsibilities, and of course your biggest one is your human resources, is how do you keep that team motivated? And right now you've got different groups that are motivated by different things. And so it's almost like you need to blend and bend and not be so structured. If you have no flexibility, I think it's, you're, that's where you're going to find difficulty. You might find a really high turnover rate. Oh, okay. And that doesn't help because that's very expensive for organizations to have that turnover and bringing new people in and, you know, the whole training process that goes on. So flexibility would be a key for the managers out there. Exactly. You know, it's interesting because when I think about, you know, my first first day on the job out of college, you know, I was just tell me what you want me to do. And, you know, I went and I did it and... I didn't really question anything, and I just kind of learned the ways that, you know, of the new work team I was in. And that really isn't, that's not how people are wired nowadays. No, and, you know, it's really just having a more open mind to looking at the talent you have on your team. Obviously, they must have some talent or you wouldn't have hired them or promoted them. And then always keep in mind the goals and objectives of the company and your particular department. And so how do you meet those goals and objectives by motivating your talent on your team? And that's where it gets a little tricky and where managers really in this day and age can probably use a little help on understanding the generations and what works best within that corporate culture. Because don't forget that corporate culture. That's (laughs) big. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so if I'm, if I'm hearing right, managers out there, they have to keep in mind communication, 
and how they're communicating with their, with their teammate, their team members. And then motivation is also a key that they have to keep in mind because the different people are motivated in different ways. So they have to be flexible. Would that kind of sum up what, what we've said so far? Yeah, I think so. Oh. So <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, you've got me thinking about a lot. <laughs> hey, that's easy. <laughs> so if um, there are current work teams out there struggling to overcome these issues uh, within their work teams, within their workforce, what would you recommend for them? How can they get better at this? Well, first of all, I believe when you're going to make a change to a corporate culture in management, it comes from the top down. So you have to make sure that that senior team appreciates and wants to see the change in the corporation. So you really need to train all levels. You need to train those entry-level people, your middle management, especially your middle management, and then your senior team. It's like you all have to be on the same page with this. But the training is different for each of these different groups, right? An entry-level person doesn't necessarily have to have all the management skills that that middle management person has. And then senior people look at things differently. Yes. You know, and it's got to be in-depth and ongoing. It's not just a footnote to orientation. And as you can see, everything we've talked about, we've barely scratched the surface of the different characteristics and what really motivates and keeps people in their jobs motivated and willing to work hard. Right. Yeah. And as you said, we have barely scratched the surface here. And unfortunately, we're already out of time. But we weren't going to be able to solve all the problems out there within the limited time that we had together with you today. We're just going to have to leave it here. It was a thought-provoking discussion that I think all of us can relate to. But we each have our own different perspective, don't we? Yes, we do. (laughs) If you have ideas for future topics of points of interest, please drop me a note at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Thank you to Marla Har. Boy, I have really enjoyed talking with you today. You had some some very interesting uh, thoughts to share with us. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure to speak with you. And listeners, please be sure to check out Marla's website at actwelldowell.com. That's A-C-T-W-E-L-L-D-O-W-E-L-L.com. I'm Lynn Molitor on localjobnetwork.com radio. Thanks for listening.